Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwine podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I have a, another surprise guest. I'm thinking that, you know, it's going to be good for the audience to listen to different people's perspectives around dating, relationships, love. And I, I feel that there's far more benefit to actually probably hearing some interviews and some discussion around subjects rather than just one person's angle. So today I've got Amanda Rose. She's the founder and CEO of The Dating Boutique and Prestige Connections. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, So tell me a little bit about how you initially got to sort of get get involved in the specific industry of love dating and relationships I think that'd be a good place for us to start and um, go with the discussion from there okay sure absolutely so I started in the dating industry in 2011 so eight years ago and how I got started was kind of I turned my heartbreak into my business and how I got started is I was looking for my um my husband at the time, I had suspicion, suspicions that he was dating online while we were married. And I went looking for his profile online on the online dating sites, ended up finding it. But while I was looking for his profile, I came across just so many horrible dating profiles that I thought somebody should help these guys look dateable. There should be a business for this. And little did I know that I would take that little thought and turn it into an amazing company and matchmaking agency. So I started my first company, The Dating Stylist, and I made over online profiles for different online dating sites. From there, I was offered a job with an international matchmaking agency, but I did not like their process. It wasn't personalized enough. So I decided to branch off on my own and start my own matchmaking agency. So um, that the divorce and the heartbreak actually turned into an amazing blessing which I like to help others find, you know, their true love too and overcome any heartbreaks and date successfully like I had to do um, eight, nine years ago now. So uh, that's how it all got started and how I got into this amazing industry. Excellent. Uh, and it's, isn't it wonderful that, you know, how, you know, somebody's severe and traumatic stressings can often turn around into the, the biggest blessing? Yes, absolutely. And I believe that is so true. If we, we can turn our, always tell my clients, we can turn our mess into like our message or an amazing life that we want to create if we choose to. So we don't have to let something destroy us, you know, like a divorce or a heartbreak. We can turn that around into something absolutely amazing. Well, that's brilliant. Well, one of the things that we had a little chat about off air before we actually got on to the um, main recording of this episode was um, you said recently you've been having a lot of discussions around how to attract the right person. Excuse me. So I would love you to share some tips with us about what you advise 
people in relation to how to attract the right person. Yes, I love that subject because I think a lot of times singles just want to jump out there and start dating and get on online dating sites and not do the work behind attracting the right person. Mm. Um, And if we don't do the work behind attracting the right person, we often get stuck in dating patterns that we continue to repeat that that does not lead us to that lifelong healthy love. So to attract the right person, I think that we have to become the best version of ourselves. And when I say that, I feel like singles should work on, you know, the inner stuff, um, follow their passions, their dreams, do all those things they love to become that person that not only they want to become, but they want to attract. So for example, I have a lot of clients say, well, they want someone that takes care of themselves or that's financially stable. Well, you have to be financially stable and you have to (laughs) take care of yourself too before you attract that person because like attracts like. So that's a huge um, topic that I use to, especially with my coaching clients and my matchmaking clients, to really get them on the path of attracting those higher quality dates and finding that long-term healthy relationship. Absolutely. I 100% agree. You know, the thing is that, um, like you said, we have to do that inner work first as, as, as that foundation, as a bare minimum, don't we? Because, um, and I think part of that, you know, is looking at activities that we enjoy doing, um, because it isn't about being reliant on whoever you want to attract. It's about being your own person and then being attracted to that. And then that particular person, if they come into your life is the cherry on top of your already great cake of life that you're living. Yes, exactly. I think that's so true. And I think sometimes, you know, as a single person, we might think, well, this having my other half will make me whole, but we have to become whole before we get that other person, because it does make, it just creates a very good foundation for a healthy long-term relationship. And we're not seeking someone else to fulfill us. We're already fulfilled and we meet that other fulfilled person and the relationship that we can create is, you know, amazing. It can be, you know, mind blowing. Absolutely. I've always said a similar message around, you know, if you really want a healthy, fulfilling relationship that's operating at its highest level, that's full of passion, full of intimacy and full of deep love and attraction, then this foundation of making sure you know, you've done the inner work on yourself beforehand in terms of, you know, um, having routines in place that absolutely add to your well-being and your self-care and your own happy energy vibe that you're exuding is, is going to be your best chance of attracting that great partner, regardless of whether you're male or female. Yes, that's so true. I love that you said the routines too, because I encourage my clients to have routines every day and every week, especially you know, have that self-care routine every day. It might just be, you know, working out for 30 minutes or taking time to meditate or um, just getting out in nature or whatever you love to do. Maybe it's a hobby you love to do. Just just taking that time to practice that self-care and self-love because that will make a huge difference and when just with your everyday activities and how you present yourself to people. You're in a better mood, which definitely can attract more people. So it has a rippling effect when you take care of yourself. Absolutely. And, and another thing you touched on there was the big self-love question. <laughs> but, yeah. I think people, you know, quite often struggle with that. They can they can sort of get to the point where they're happy to put a self-care routine in place and, and uh, you know, a living uh, 
a, a happy life being single. But then when it comes to digging down deep and you actually ask, you know, specific questions about how they feel about themselves, you, you do see some people really get uncomfortable with that. Oh, yes. It can be a tricky subject and it, it is hard to really sit down and take all that in and kind of, you know, dissect what we're feeling and maybe what we've done wrong in the past with our relationships. But yes, really getting deep into that can be difficult for my clients sometimes. So, but it's a process. I don't think people should be hard on themselves. Just do a little bit at a time to really understand, you know, your feelings and taking the time to take care of yourself. It, it makes a huge difference when we started, you know, really being mindful about those things. Yeah, and I think people are really hard on ourselves, you know, especially women, I feel, because we've been, you know, obviously uh, subjected to a lot of, um, you know, we should be looking like this in terms mm -hmm. of size and shape and facial features um, from, you know, the media that can really make us be very self-critical of ourselves. And you know what? I'm a big woman. I've attracted you know, a phenomenal relationship. It hasn't held me back in the slightest. It doesn't matter what your shape, what your size, what you look like. It really is about having that inner confidence, the energy you exude and having, you know, the appreciation of yourself and, and being able to look in the mirror and think, you know what? You're an amazing, wonderful woman. That woman mm -hmm. that's staring back at me. Yes, that is so good. I love that you said that because the thing is a lot of people you know, but they might go out with their girlfriends or friends and they're maybe looking for, you know, someone to, you know, their soulmate and they might have, might be, you know, they don't have that self-confidence that they're not the prettiest girl in the room or, you know, the most successful man or whatever it may be. But the thing is, it's the people that have that high value um, characteristics about them are more attracted to the person that, has that self-confidence so that has that inner glow that you know has a beautiful heart heart you know i work with very successful you know handsome attractive men and people assume that they want the you know the gorgeous model that's not the case um, almost um probably 95 percent of the time <laughs> they want the woman of substance that has worked on herself that shows that inner confidence that just glows from the inside. That's the most important thing that they're looking for in a long-term relationship. Absolutely, 100% agree. And I feel that, you know, some advice that I give to my um, audience and clients is that, you know, if you really find it difficult, you know, due to past conditioning or whatever your mm -hmm. experience has been to actually look in the mirror and love yourself as a starting point, you know, if that's a step too far, I always think, you know, a good starting point would be to, you know, look at the person in the mirror and remember them as the little girl or the little boy you once were. And surely you can love that little boy or little girl, you know, and nurture yeah. and hug that little boy or little girl as a starting yes. point. Yes, I, I do. I love that. I know something I teach you is to look in your eyes or just look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say affirmations like I am beautiful. I am loved. I am an amazing person. And I think as the more we tell ourselves that, we start to reprogram those limiting beliefs that we've put on ourselves, you know, maybe from past relationships or our childhood or whatever it may be. And, I, and we do start to love ourselves more when we can 
look at ourselves like as that child, that young child, or as a person that we're standing in front of today. I think that makes a huge difference. Definitely. I mean, I can remember even going through a phase where I did lose a lot of weight and I, you know, I had a fabulous figure, but I could, I still looked at myself and was very critical. You know, I was never satisfied with my size and shape, even when I was probably at my most ideal size and shape. <laughs> yes, don't we all? I think we all do that <laughs> at one point. Yeah, and it, and it's, uh, you know, it, it is really about loving yourself for whatever you look like at this moment in time, regardless of your size, regardless of your shape. Like you say, regardless of whether you 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 feel successful or not, you know, the thing is that um, there'll be some of your friends that feel that, um, you know, you're a lot more successful in areas of your life than what they are and, and, and are full of admiration for that. And you're probably feeling jealous of them for, for you know, for having success in, in some areas of their life. Um, and it's quite surprising, really, you know, what, what success actually is perceived by different people when you speak to them. Yes, that's so true. And absolutely. I think we all, you know, we have to accept that we're all on our own journey. So our success is going to be different than the person next door, our, our best friend or our cousin or whoever it may be. We have to focus on the growth that we're experiencing and that as long as we're trying to become the best version of ourselves, I think that's successful. No matter where we are in life, we should always give our, ourselves room for grace too because we're human. We're not, you know, we yes. have to get, let ourselves make mistakes and learn from them and move forward. I think that's a, one of the most important things to remember if we were too hard on ourselves sometimes. It's just to give ourselves grace and keep moving forward. Definitely. I think another area, Amanda, is... Um you know, not being um, gracious enough to receive. Aren't we awful sometimes at receiving compliments or want to bat them yes. away, if, uh, you know, and, or, or, or return the favour rather than just, you know, plain and simply just gracefully saying, well, thank you, that's great, I love that. <laughs> yes, and it's so hard sometimes as a woman too to accept compliments and I Sometimes I think, I think when someone, or before, like years ago, I would think, are they being genuine or are they, <laughs> are they just saying that? But now just take the compliment. And it is hard to take compliments sometimes, but we should just take that and be thankful and not question it. Absolutely. You know, I think quite often we're quite good at giving and, um, you know, we'll feel good and fine about that. But um actually accepting you know a compliment or a gift or um you know receiving love sometimes you know can be and feel a stretch for some some people regardless of whether they're men or women so i always feel it's quite good at some point to um educate about just be aware how you're receiving or not receiving as the case may be yes that's so good and i was reading something earlier about this, about how sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy of the best love. And then when it comes into our lives, we kind of question it. If it's, you know, real, or if it's the person's intentions are true. I think we forget that we are worthy of these good things, worthy of someone loving us, worthy of someone complimenting us. And that can be hard for women sometimes, especially if we've been through bad relationships or hurt in the past. We, 
are more likely not to accept that authentic love. We might question it instead of just embracing it. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. The next thing I'd like to talk to you about, Amanda, is um, what, what tips do you have for the listeners around flirting? Oh, I love this topic because <laughs> there's so much around flirting that we usually don't recognize or know about. Flirting is actually, there's personality types behind flirting. So there's different personality types of how we all flirt with people. And it's important to recognize those um, flirting personalities when you're out on a date or, you know, you're out and about. But I, flirting is not always the traditional, you know, batting your eyes or mm. giggling at what someone says or <laughs> the gentle touch. But it can be in other ways, too. It's just how people respond and interact with others. And I think and so that's something to be mindful of. Someone might be flirting, but they might be more of an introvert and not be as open about the flirting. Um, and that's okay. You can flirt that way, too, if it's your personality type. Um, another thing to be mindful about when flirting is your body language. And I see this. I love to just watch people when I'm out. Um, but I can tell if a date is going well or if it's going really bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to have another one. Uh, but it, body language is a huge flirting technique to build attraction and to get someone you know, to ask you out again or to ask you out for the first time. And you can just use body language. Some simple techniques on body language is if you're having a conversation with someone, turn into them with your arms open. Because when we open our arms, we look more inviting. We look more warm and friendly. And they're more likely to engage in conversation with us and want to engage more in conversation. So that's a huge one. Just don't cross your arms on a date or don't um, look standoffish. Turn into that person. And a little rule of thumb is to have your belly button pointed towards them <laughs> if you're <laughs> interested in them. And if they are turned towards, towards you, the same. If their legs are turned towards you, if you're sitting next to each other, that's a huge sign too. And of course, you can do like the little gentle touch, you know, on the arm or um, kind of, you know, touch your neck. Women tend to touch their neck when they're attracted to somebody. But those are just all little signs that you're attracted. And the other person might not even catch on to it, but it's sending them those signals that I'm attracted to you. I'm inviting you to, you know, talk to me more ask me out again. So it's just about being mindful um, when you're out on a date or you're out with your girlfriends so that you look open and inviting to continue a conversation. Yeah, like you say, it's the nonverbal gestures and long body language and communication that are sending all the signals most of the time that yes. we're not in there. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's crazy. It's, I think it's only like 7% of your verbal communication is actually considered flirting and actually builds attraction. It's more, it's the other percentage that builds attraction. Like the, it's the, like the tone of your voice or your body language. So, and how you respond to them and interact that actually builds more attraction levels. Would you have any <laughs> tips, Amanda, around, you know, how, if you're a woman, would you let a bloke know that you're interested without sort of being too forward in other words um i call it you know like they did in the old days where you dropped your handkerchief sort of situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah or just you know throwing yourself on them or (laughs) being too over the top yeah so um i think the most important thing you can do when you're out just to show interest is 
to be friendly and to smile. If you see, you know, that cute guy across the bar, I think the important thing is to smile, maybe say hi, um, and just, you know, start a small conversation if you can. And, and it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It can be, you know, hi, um, how's your night going? Something like that. It doesn't have to be over the top. And just get that small conversation going. So that I think that's one of the best flirting techniques to get someone's attention, you know, without throwing yourself on them or <laughs> dropping your handkerchief. Um, but just letting them know that you are approachable. I think that's huge. And I know a lot of women go out in groups to, you know, they go out for the night in a group or they go out to a restaurant in a group. Well, men are intimidated by approaching women in groups because there's so many of you. So yes. I encourage people to date themselves, go out and take yourself out to dinner or, you know, go out and grab a glass of wine or whatever it may be, because you're more likely to get approached in that setting. Yeah, actually, that's something I hadn't uh, thought about until you just mentioned it, that, you know, men can be I'm, I'm sure very intimidated by uh, you know the, the bigger the group the more intimidated they're likely to be and probably the more drinks that probably need to let <laughs> <neck> down <laughs> themselves courage, before yes. they've plucked up the courage <laughs> and then they come yes. up, across like a drunken slob instead of <laughs> <laughs> right and they totally messed up the whole point of what they wanted to do <laughs> or intended to do that is so true yeah I think it is it's it's hard for um, men do get intimidated by, you know, when to approach a woman, you know, some women think, well, they sh should approach me. Well, sometimes they're just as scared as you are. <laughs> so we have to, you know, give them some slack and, and kind of open, make it a area or environment for them to approach us in an, in an appropriate way. Yeah. We've got to make it safe for them, you know, by, by making it, like you say, um, a conducive environment for that for them to feel comfortable to approach because i'm sure you know it's it's, it's a lot tougher for men because you know I, I suppose they have to sort of more or less gear themselves up for the possibility of rejection every time they approach a woman don't they yes and they have been rejected way more than we have usually <laughs> yes <laughs> they are the ones that usually make that first move so it is hard for them you know especially if they've been rejected multiple times and they've just given up we have to make it where they feel like it's safe to approach us and that can be as simple as saying hi or smiling at him that can open up a whole conversation most definitely okay so um what, what would your tips be about how to actually date successfully once you've um you know got him interested so to speak or her interested mm -hmm. I think there, you know, there's all, all kinds of things we can do to date successfully. The number one thing is, like we talked about before, is that, that self-love of becoming the best version of ourselves, and to make sure that we're not bringing any past like dating blocks or baggage into the new relationship. I see that sabotage so many relationships, especially new ones, because we'll have things that trigger us. You know, if he doesn't respond right away, or if he um, maybe he said something just like a past relationship. We have to make sure that we have healed or we have healed ourselves from any past baggage. And I know that can be very hard sometimes, um, but it's important that we do, we are mindful about that before we start dating or as we're dating someone, because we don't want to sabotage a new relationship over past um, triggers or past relationships or dating blocks. 
Another way to date successfully, I think, is to open up your your wants and your needs in a relationship. I'm, and I'm not saying be don't make deal breaker or don't sacrifice what you need in a relationship, like the actually like the characteristics and the values, all the important things. But sometimes people come to me and they want someone who's exactly you know six foot with dark hair and <laughs> you know ha- is a doctor and you know all these other requirements. And the thing is, sometimes our soulmate shows up in a different package, but yes. we have moved along and just completely not even paid attention to that soulmate that could have been an amazing relationship, but we were so focused on the um, how the package was presented that we just walked away. So I encourage people just to open that up. If he could have blonde hair instead of dark hair, or he could be 5'10 instead of, you know, 6 foot. So just open those possibilities up some more. Another thing I see is uh, people tend to date within a certain, you know, um, demographic. For example, I live near a major city and people like to date within a 10 mile radius. Well, if they just open that up just a little bit, (laughs) open up a whole new dating pool. And I'm not, I, I can never wrap my head around why they won't open that up just a little bit more (laughs) because they're not finding who they want, where they are. Um, And that can create dating success too. Um, Some other things when you're on the date is just to be, be engaged, be more interested in that person than focused on, than being focused on how interesting you are because we make more connections when we're more interested and engaging and ask questions about the other person we're wanting to learn more about them and that builds instant connection so i think that's a a huge thing sometimes people kind of skip out on when they're dating they want to present the best versions of themselves of course we do but then we forget to really find out about the other person and yeah i agree yeah i think it's very important to you know um Think about how much you're listening compared to how much you're talking. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. And I think a lot of times people forget to, you know, when they're sitting there, I always tell my clients, when you go on the date, think about what is great about this person instead of focusing on what can you find wrong about the person, (laughs) Mm. focus on what is great and if you have that mindset when you're going in, it immediately switches your energy and the person can feel it and feel more comfortable that you're not, you know, picking them apart. You're not asking questions to kind of try to dig in to see what the red flags are, but you're instead just seeing what this person is all about, what's great about them. So I love when I always tell my clients to go in with that mindset when they go on any date. It might be the first date, the fifth date or you might be dating for a year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. focus on what is great about my partner or my date. Absolutely. That, I think that's a really wonderful tip. Yeah, to go in with that mindset about, you know, what is wonderful about this person. Mm-hmm. I think especially for women, because I think, you know, initially I think it's fair to say as a generalization, men are more visually focused. But for mm-hmm. women, I think we're not so necessarily bogged down on what what guys look like. You, you know, usually we're just um, attracted to that that a man's confidence and the way he makes us feel. So, giving him the opportunity, regardless, like you say, of what package 
is presented to us and what form he looks like to actually sit and listen and you know actually get in touch with how we feel whilst he's speaking is a great indicator for women as to you know where this relationship might go yes exactly because we need to focus on does he have the characteristics to create that long-term healthy relationship or is does he have the characteristics of someone I would want to spend my life with? I think those are the things we should focus on more to really get to know someone before, you know, writing them off and mm-hmm. <laughs> never dating them again. I think it's interesting as well, you know, you touched on baggage. I mean, what's the most common baggage do you think people come with when they're, they're, they're going, you know, or, or contemplating going back into the dating scene again? I think the most common baggage I see is definitely they have been hurt by a past relationship and it's usually infidelity or I would say it's usually infidelity. Actually, the more that for the majority of the people, my clients and coach or my coaching clients. Um, and that's a really hard subject to heal from. I've been there, so I know how hard it can be, but we have to remember that the person that's sitting across from us today on the new date or, the person we've been dating for a while now is not our past relationship. It's a whole new person with a whole new, you know, set of characteristics and values and how and they're responding to us different. So I think that that's probably the number one baggage I see being brought on dates. They start to compare their past relationship with the new one. They might not even trust completely because of the old relationship. So they're kind of punishing the new date <laughs> from their past relationships mistakes yeah i agree with that and another common one i hear is that you know all all men just want to date you know uh unintelligent airheads so to speak <laughs> <laughs> i've heard yes i've heard that too. you know when, when when you're a professional woman and you want to attract you know that that very healthy ask you know masculine male man why often you you know i hear them the, the baggage is around, oh, well, men aren't interested in successful women. Well, actually, yes, they are. <laughs> right. Exactly. And the, the thing is, you know, they might be interested in the kind of airheadish <laughs> for a minute, but that's usually not who they want to settle down with for the rest of their lives. So they are more attracted, I think, to people that are self-confident and that have their life together. That's a huge attraction factor someone they don't have to, you know, take care of, so to speak, but someone who has their, you know, emotional, mental, financial life together, that is way more attractive than someone who does not. Exactly. And I think it's, it's very, uh, you know, a, a really good idea to sort of reinforce that, you know, if you are going into um, a dating environment with the thoughts, oh, you know, all men are, are cheats uh, or they're, only attracted to women who are dumb or airheads or whatever term you want to use, then mm-hmm. you're almost setting yourself up for that to be a self-fulfilling prophecy just based on your own mindset. Yes, I love that. Yes, I think that is so true because when we expect that, we receive it. But when we expect to date amazing, you know, high higher quality dates that have great values and characteristics, then we we're setting up those boundaries ahead of time and we're, we tend to attract those people into our life. But when we have that better mindset, because we attract att- like attracts like, <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your insights around, you know, um, finding the right person, the way to flirt and uh, dating successfully, Amanda. I've really appreciated and uh, enjoyed our conversation around that. And so I'm hoping the listeners got some great insights as well. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. My pleasure. Would, would you please uh, share the name of your organization again for the benefit of the listeners and also your contact information? I will make sure that that is included in the show notes anyway, but if you could just, for the benefit of anybody who's just listening now, um, say what your contact information is and the name of your company, that'd be great. Sure. So I, my matchmaking agency is Prestige Connections, and then I also own a dating consultancy agency, Dating Boutique. Um, you can find all of that company information on prestigeconnections.us or datingboutiqueinc.com. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Amanda. I'll make sure that, as I say, that information is in the show notes. And that's going to be it for this episode of uh, the Hearts Entwined podcast. So thank you so much again, Amanda, for your insights around dating and relationships. And until next time... Always remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.